You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. This show contains information about injuries to riders competing in AMA Supercross, AMA Motocross, MXGP, Ozpro MX, and other international moto events. The information discussed may be unsettling to some listeners. It might be incomplete or based on medical opinions due to riders tending to hide the details of their injuries. We are here to explain the information and increase injury understanding and visibility for the fans. There might be coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If any of this offends you, turn us off right now. Therapist, and this is episode 27 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan. Uh, welcome to the emergency department for another week. We'll be going through things, all things injuries in moto, and that's because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be covering the injuries heading into round 10 of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship in the AMA. Uh, American Series there, and it's heading to Bud's Creek this weekend for round 10. Uh, it was an interesting round nine, not quite the track they were expecting, it seemed, at Unadilla, but we'll be covering all things that have come out of that race and heading into Bud's Creek. We'll also be covering our Always Moto Fantasy League updates and who's won the round last week. Uh, that's covered over there. Uh, we play that game over on Pulp MX Fantasy for those wanting to join please do so. Sign up on the Pulp MX site there uh, and then jump into our Always Moto Fantasy League. We've got prizes for round 10, 11, and 12 uh, round winners. And then we also have our coming up, our series ending prizes for first, second, and third. And those prizes are brought to you by Coastal Motorcycle Center, uh, Goat Brand MX, and False Neutral Industries. So also on the show this week, we've met, we've got a uh, guest joining us uh, for an interview on the podcast here. It is Privateer Ezra Hastings. Now, you might not have heard that name too much recently. He's been in and out of the series over the past few years due to a knee injury. Uh, and we caught up with him about what's happened to him over that couple of years in terms of the knee and his uh, surgeries. And I say surgeries with a plural there. Uh, because he's had a couple of issues along the way. And we talk about what's next. So uh, stick around for that, guys and girls. That'll be at the end of the show here. As per usual, our interviews are at the very end of the show. So and so there's another good show coming, uh, coming up. Uh, we'll be covering a fair bit of stuff here. Uh, and the interview with Ezra is quite a good listen. Uh, and he goes through some of the, the things that it has happened to him that you, you, know, you wouldn't expect or, or he would hope would be better along the way. So as always, this show is brought to you by, it's brought to you by me, Always Moto. I bring you the show and I need your support to keep this thing going. We have some merch available to help support the show. We have some Always Moto t-shirts that are available now for purchase. 
They're $25 plus postage and handling. Keep in mind that's Australian dollars, people. So if you're an overseas uh, purchaser, that will be an Australian dollars co- uh, conversion there. So if you're in America, it's going to make that T-shirt even cheaper, which is awesome for you guys. <laughs> uh, so these are some black T-shirts with the Always Moto logo front and center. Um, show your support for the show um, and get these T-shirts out um, on your body at the races. Uh, we love it when we see them out on the tracks there. So please get in touch. You can email us at alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com um, or send me a DM on Instagram uh, and put uh, just that you're looking for a T-shirt in the subject line of the email or in the in the DM. Um, so we need you to know your sh- shirt size and your postal address and then we'll organize what the, the postage cost is in that. And then we're doing PayPal uh, debits so you can then send through the money via PayPal to do the purchase um so yeah pretty easy process but we need your support guys so jump on there and buy a t-shirt for us all right before we jump into this uh injury list in the emergency department next we'll just take a quick break hey this is Caden Amrine riding for monster energy luke soil ktm team tether racing and you're listening to the always moto podcast all right, guys and girls, let's jump into the emergency department and look at that injury list for this week, heading into Bud's Creek for round 10. Uh, little, Only a couple of injury updates uh, for this week. Uh, the main one that's only just recently come out uh, is for Nick Romano, number 411 from that Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Um, Nick has managed to have a crash uh, on Tuesday during the week, practicing He's managed to tear a ligament in his thumb, which is the ulnar collateral ligament. It's very similar to the one that Dylan Ferrandes, uh, it might even be actually the same one, I'd have to double check that information actually, uh, but it's it's in that inner part of the thumb and basically if you grabbed your thumb in the uh, handlebar position and just pulled it down um, away from the handlebar, that's what's the ligament that is going to tear there at the joint uh, right up near your the palm of your hand is where that is there. So for Nick, he's indicated that he needs surgery to repair this, which means that this injury will be about an 8 to 12 week time frame for him to be off the bike uh, recovering. So that means this at this time of year, we start talking about these injuries that are happening, impacting the ability of the rider to make a good pre-season for Supercross in the next coming year. So for Nick, if we look at this time frame now, we're late August. So 12 weeks is going to put him at about uh, November as a start point uh, for him to return to riding, which isn't too bad really, uh, but he will be then obviously you know, deconditioned at that point. He won't have that same sort of riding fitness because he, he will have had an extended period of time off the bike rather than just taking the sort of two or so weeks at the end of the season and, and you know having that sort of rest time there and then starting straight back into training. He hopefully will be able to still do things like stationary cycle to try and maintain fitness, but obviously it's not quite the same as riding and all the other normal training aspects that they do uh, in the gym and, and you know road cycles or mountain bikes or whatever it is that they choose to do. So a little bit of a rough spot for Nick. You know, hopefully it won't impact him too much, but these, these sorts of injuries on these guys on the 250s, at this time of year, they start to then just be the guy that ends up being on the East Coast for Supercross rather than on the West Coast that's due to kick off in January. They'd move to that second coast so that it starts in February just to give them a little bit more prep time. Uh, and this would be also good for Nick being that he would be 
you know, still learning Supercross and I think this would be his first. Yeah, he's only a rookie at the moment, so it would be his first year on Supercross. So they might look to do that anyway to give him more t- uh, prep time on the Supercross track. But the injury, uh, unfortunate, but he had a good run there at, at Unadilla last weekend, but he won't be able to make the last three rounds. An update on Seth Hamaker. For those of you watching the races last week, Seth had an absolute horrible over-the-bars experience over that tabletop at Unadilla. Managed to get driven into the ground pretty hard. He got up, which was great to see on the coverage there. It looked like he might have had a bit of a shoulder, right shoulder injury, as that seemed to be the first impact point. But he managed to um, get himself off the track and be um, back at the team truck without too much hassles. And as per the Pro Circuit team press release this week that's come out, they've got him lining up at Buds Creek this weekend. So keep an eye on Seth. I would not be surprised if he is very sore still and potentially you know, not able to ride to his full capacity. Uh, so in terms of things like our fantasy picks for later on for the Always Moto Fantasy League, I might be staying away from Seth Hamaker this weekend just to keep an eye on him and make sure that he can get through both motos without too much hassles and then maybe check in again with him for something like Unadilla, um, maybe even just keeping him for Parlour uh, as the last round because he's more from that local area there for, in California. So Seth should be on the track uh, f- for that Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team this weekend at Buds Creek. Another one from that Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team is Ryder De Francesco. He managed to take a rock to the shoulder during that second moto there and had to pull off. Uh, the reports are that his hand and arm were going numb after that impact from the rock. And if you know anything or have seen anything about the guys in football games, NFL, NRL, whatever it is you're watching, whether you're in Australia or America or wherever else around the world, those sorts of stinger injuries that the guys in those leagues get where they have a you know sudden impact during a tackle and they haven't quite got their arm in the right position and it hits them on the point of the shoulder, they can get what they call a stinger injury where the arm just goes numb, very short period of time. Give it a couple of minutes, it starts to come back and the, they're able to continue on to play. Sometimes, depending on you know severity, they might sit out the rest of the match, which in this case for Ryder, that's what he had to do. He had to pull off. He wasn't able to continue the moto. But reports, again, are that he recovered quickly afterwards uh, and he, as per the team press release, also is going to be racing this weekend at Buds Creek. So, you know, good turnaround time for Ryder. It's also a good period for him to keep staying on track, getting as much experience as he can in this first, you know, half season or so that he's doing as a rookie uh, and make it so that he learns the most that he can in this pro debut period. So good for Ryder that it wasn't a more serious injury there and he's able to race this weekend, it seems. No update further on Brandon Hartraft from the um, HEP Twisted T Suzuki team. Uh, Still just that right ankle ligament tear that was reported. Uh, No update as to whether he's going to be on track at this stage. I have tried to reach out to the HEP team and Dustin Pipes, the team manager there, but haven't got a good response at this point uh, to actually provide any, any more information there. So it looks like at best he will be back, you know, next week being Ironman. Uh, but I still suspect if he has got a decent amount of damage to that uh, ligament, he may be out for the rest of the motocross season and you won't see him again until Supercross. Another possible update here from uh, in terms of status for racing is from Michael Moseman, number 29 on that Troy Lee Designs Red Bull Gas Gas. Not too much information here to know, but other than that, given that it was a concussion that happened at Millville, time period from when that injury was, which is now about 
four weeks ago. He should be fully recovered from a concussion. Uh, it's more just a case of whether he's feeling, uh, you know, clear enough in the head to be racing. And as we suspect that he could be actually actually back on track this weekend for Buds Creek. Worst case, if he's not, I would expect to see him in the last two rounds um, back on that gas gas bike. Another update for us just on status, Levi Kitchen from that Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Uh, he had that broken wrist. He had it repaired. Uh, he is apparently back on the bike um, training, but he's not ready to race just yet. So at best, we're going to see him for the last two rounds. This will come down to a call from the team as to whether they feel it's appropriate for him or what's best for him and the team and whether they need him on track or not. And they may just keep him off the for the last two rounds just to make sure that he's fully healed and has a full uh, pre-season prep like what we were talking earlier with Nick Romano from the same team he's going to have a potentially delayed start to his pre-season whereas this is this is an in- incident where they could actually prevent him from com- prevent Levi from coming back for the last two rounds in an effort to make sure that his pre-season is actually improved to lead into the next series in being Supercross and that's going to go for his teammate as well Matt LeBlanc number 329 on that same team Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha He had that broken collarbone at Southwick. He is in a similar situation where he is back on the bike and training, but not ready to race this weekend. And again, same scenario. Will the team or him or his parents or his rest of his crew reckon that it's a good idea for him to be on track for the last two rounds or not, or whether it's more beneficial for him to have a full preseason without any issues coming up in those last two rounds. So interesting to see what happens with both Matt LeBlanc and Levi Kitchen. Will they be on track next weekend or not? Uh, let's hope so. It'd be good for the series, but if not, I understand it completely because this preseason is pretty important to get base fitness, testing time, you know, just getting all those things in order, especially for these younger guys uh, who haven't done too much supercross. It's plenty of track time and they're getting to learn a bit more craft and learn from the experienced guys on the teams. Obviously that Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team is a big team and they have plenty of riders. So there's lots of chance for those younger guys to learn from the uh, more experienced guys and get a bit more, uh, you know, skills on the Supercross track. So it's pretty important. So I could understand why the teams might hold them out for these last two rounds just to make sure that they're ready for that preseason kick that's going to happen. Beginning of October is usually when it starts, but given we've got, uh, we're going to be probably only, yeah, they look, they're probably going to start in October. It might be a week or so into end of September there, but at at worst it'll be uh, an October start date for those guys. So that's the update at this stage. The only other one that we hear that's going to be potentially turning up shortly here might be Jeremy Martin for those last two rounds. He's going to switch teams. He's going to be back out on a Club MX Yamaha. So he's been riding for now five to six weeks since his repair uh, of his shoulder and his labral tear from earlier in the year. Uh, So he is looking to make a comeback and start getting back into the swing of things, which would be awesome for Jeremy. But again, this could be similar to those other scenarios. Is he fully ready? Is this worthwhile? I'm sure there'll be a discussion about that come, you know, this last next few days because the team will be trying to get that bike to the track for that last two rounds, one being Iron, the next one being Ironman. So interesting to see if we see the number six back out there at Ironman or not. We'll have to keep an update. And that might be something we talk about next week on the Always Motor podcast. And lastly, we're still MIAing Jet Reynolds from that Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki. Hasn't no no updates in the team press release about Jet at all. He's just seemed to have gone MIA uh, since that fracture in Minneapolis. But as per his 
his uh, Instagrams. Yes, he is on Zijetsky. So, you know, <laughs> it's a bit of an old throwback to Christoph Porcel there. But anyway, he uh, just MIA, no information, nothing in the press releases. Hopefully at some point he will resurface and be back on track, but we don't know when that will be or where that will be. So we'll have to keep an update on that, uh, keep an eye on that so we can update you in the future when we know more. All right, guys and girls, that's the list this week heading into Bud's Creek. Hopefully that helps you with your fantasy picks and uh, we'll be talking about that shortly. But let's uh, just quickly take a break and we'll be back with the more of the Always Moto podcast shortly. Hey, I'm Luke Neese riding for the SGB Honda team and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, guys and girls, uh, it's Always Moto Fantasy League time. We're going to check in who won round nine at Unadilla because there was that prize up for grabs from Coastal Motorcycle Centre, uh, and that was a uh, a gift card for them. Uh, just lost the track of what that purchase, what that price uh, prize amount was. I believe it was a two hundred dollar. Yes, it was. It was two hundred dollar gift card there. Uh, and so let's jump over onto the site there. Now, the winner from uh, last week at Unadilla was Fazul Sub. Oh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll spell that. F, F, oh, sorry, F. P-H-Y, I'm getting dyslexic here. P-H-Y-L-Z-U-B. Uh, so congratulations to you. You have won the prize for the uh, Unadilla, which is the Coastal Motorcycle Centre uh, store gift card. Now, let's just jump back in. So you... First place with was that um, Fuzub. <laughs> Mangling all these names. You guys need better usernames that I can pronounce on the show here, guys and girls. Please uh, correct that for next season. Anyway, uh, so you got 595 points for the round, which was a massive round. Uh, and you cleared the winner. Like you cleared everybody else by at least 23 points. Uh, in second was Digit975. Third was MX Goat. Uh, and fourth was J Plant ninety one. Fifth was GMC two thirty. I had an absolute shocker. Let's not speak of that round at all, uh, at all. Um, so we'll leave that there. So if we jump into our series overall now, uh, and we'll just get that up on the screen here. Let the page on Pulp MX Fantasy load. Current leader is Digit nine seven five. He's got, jumped into the lead there. He's got four thousand and sixteen points. He's got about 23-point gap over second place, which is MX Goat. Jplant91 is in third. Uh, and Fazul Sub, who just won our last round, is currently in fourth. Uh, and I've managed to drop myself way out of the top 10. I'm down into 14th. Anyway, so look, this week we have coming up for prizes in round 10. What have we got coming up, guys? Let me just double-check myself here. Uh, I've got to just find where I've posted this most recently. Hold on, hold on. We'll get to it eventually, I promise. All right, so in round 10, it will be a set of knee brace socks from Goat Brand MX. So if you're the winner this week at Bud's Creek for the uh, Always Moto Fantasy League there over on Pulp MX, uh, we'll be getting in touch to try and get you that Goat Brand MX socks. So get your tips in early, guys and girls. Make sure they're locked in. Make sure you're comfortable with them. You have a chance at some socks, which are pretty sweet. If I do say so myself, and I do have a couple of pairs of these myself, which are pretty special, and the designs are sick. So please uh, get your tips in uh, and get your mates to join the league as well. Um, if they want to join up, we might, but you've, you know, they've got to follow all of our pages. We might let you in for the last couple of rounds and you can only be, you'd be eligible for the round prizes, but uh, 
Get your mates involved, people. We're going to have more things coming out for Supercross for the Always Motor Fantasy League. Uh, so, look, for that uh, first place winner for the Fizzle Zub, however we say it, P-H-Y-L-Z-U-B, please get in touch to claim your prize for round nine at Unadilla uh, and we can work things out from there. Awesome, guys. Let's take a quick break. I'm Brighton Carroll, riding for Team TCD, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, now on the Always Moto podcast, we've got another interview from a rider who's had a bit of a rough trot recently. Uh, he's a privateer from Indiana. It's number 251, Ezra Hastings. How you doing, Ezra? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, it's nice to have you joining us here on the podcast. It's always uh, good to talk to you guys, but it's always usually a bad timing in your life, but um, it's how moto goes, unfortunately. So how's things been on the uh, injury front for you? Just part of sport, but uh, it's been a little hectic lately. Just trying to keep my head up and just get through it all. So, as of right now, just kind of hanging out at the house, rehab my leg, whatever, whatnot. Just trying to really decide what I want to do moving forward. It's a bit of a uh, bit of a process, isn't it, to go through and then obviously to work out where you're up to physically after all these sorts of things to see whether you've. Got the drive left to do it all too, so yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a hard time to work out everything. Yeah, definitely, especially with like, let alone fixing my knee, then getting back into shape on the bike, and then just like it's a process over and over and over. It feels like it's been yeah, work out where to get a bike from, where to get gear from, yeah, <laughs> all that sort of stuff goes on top of it too. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny just losing, not really losing sponsors, but not riding for so long kind of forgetting about it out of the sport and then getting back into it, it's like restarting literally everything so it's yeah it's, it's definitely been a process it's tough isn't it so and like for you like you said it's been a been a while that this has been going on for so you know you would lose contact with a few of these sponsors because you're just bouncing in and out of medical side of things for a while you, you don't necessarily need to contact them so yeah there'd be a while before you'd ring them up and they're like who are you again <laughs> <laughs> right it's also it's kind of crazy how far away you get from the sport just like in that short amount of time that you're away from it and then to go back to the races it's it's super cool to see all the familiar faces and stuff but yeah a little bit of a reunion oh, there eh? <laughs> yeah no kidding seeing all my old buddies and going back this is always a good time yeah definitely so who so where did this all start for you like it's been a while um when was the first point that this really kicked off for you with the injury? So first injury, I got hurt right around December 15th of 2020. Okay. Um, I was training at MCF, getting ready for Supercross, actually. Yep. And just everything was going pretty well. And then right before, about two weeks before uh, New Year's, I hurt my knee. Mm-hmm. And then so I took time off and... Uh, my trainers at MCF told me that I could get it fixed, but they uh, encouraged me to just wait and see and try to ride. Cause there's a lot of racers that ride without an ACL, and I was like, all right, I'll try it. So I gave it some time. About uh, got it back on the bike like January 2nd, I believe, and we were on Supercross, and I rolled every jump on the first lap, and then on the second lap, I hit the finish line, which is a catapult. Yep. And as soon as I landed, my leg buckled. And I was like, nope, can't do it. Like, <laughs> it just hurt so bad. So, so I decided to get long. it fixed. 
yeah, no, it uh, it hurt rolling around. I was like, I'm at least gonna try to hit one jump. <laughs> uh, I had to test it out on the biggest jump on the track, of course. Why not? Yeah, why not? Work. That's that's how us moto brains work. It's like well, if it's gonna work anywhere, <laughs> it'll work here. Yep, hit the big one. <laughs> right, right. So after that, I uh, decided, heck, I'm gonna go get it fixed. So I uh, I got actually got recommended a new doctor, and that's when I had my first, uh, my first knee surgery mm-hmm. and, uh, everything seemed all right. Therapy was going good, but it was always like nagging on and off. And I never knew why I thought it was just because my knee was still weak, whatnot, because I've had knee problems on my other knee as well. So I was kind of familiar with the whole process yeah. and, um, I don't know, just did all my rehab stuff and whatnot. And then seven months later i got released first day back on the bike just landed weird on a jump my foot my leg was on the pet or my feet were on the pegs yeah and i just felt a weird pop and then i did it again first day back literally first day back oh man that's Uh, gonna suck and that's gonna take a hit to the uh to the ego at that point too like it's funny emotions would be going nuts yeah, I just like my dad was there was a big money race right up uh, quite local to me. Yep. And I got released. My dad was like, screw it, let's go racing. I was like, all right, well, let's do it. Like, no expectations. Let's go have fun. Just see yeah, how it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got through practice, first moto, like second lap. It just happened. I was like, so bummed. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's no good at all. So. <sighs> So step back two seconds for for us. Um, so when you got that first repair done, was it only the ACL that they had to do? There was no other like fractures, no meniscal damage, uh, or it's just the ACL? I believe, yeah, this one was just my ACL. Okay. And then so what, um, what like they, re- they replaced the ACL, did they? So they used the, a graft, and if so, which type did you get? Did you get the patella tendon, I- the hamstring? What did you end up getting? I actually didn't get any of those. I actually got a cadaver. Oh, nice. Yep. Okay. I think that's where my biggest issue was. Um, I, I really didn't think so at the time because after my, after, hang on, let me step back real quick. Yeah. I had ACL on my right leg back in 2016 and I had the patella on that. Yep. So I was, I was familiar with that and had, didn't really want to do the patella again. And he gave me my options and we decided to go with, the cadaver sure yeah i mean after surgery it was a lot less painful it it was kind of a breeze compared to the one but Mm. it just i don't know didn't work out by the sounds of it so (laughs) all right so so in that sense obviously having time again you probably go for the extra pain and have the patella one done so (laughs) Yes. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I got an hour real fish would have done that. Yeah. Look, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? But yeah, you don't know these things. You take the, you take the information at the time with the doctor's giving you and you're like, look, that sounds really good. The patella won't be injured. I, I won't have that part to recover from as well. It should make the, the initial recovery easier and then and then shit just goes sideways anyway with the decision you make. So you can't you can't help these things, unfortunately. Right, right. I don't know. I think I just pulled a, got the bad luck of the draw because two of my other buddies literally at the exact same time had ACL surgeries, Sure, but they didn't get a cadaver and they're just fine right now. 
Yeah, that's that's also discouraging for you as well. Like I have similar sort of things when when I've been injured. You know, like I've got a collarbone injury at the moment, and and you hear collarbones are like, oh, you know, if they get them plated, it's like two to four weeks, or at worst, it's six weeks, and they're back on the bike. And and I'm at six weeks now, looking at my my X-rays, and the thing's still mangled. And I'm like, why is that me? You know. <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, it's it's hard to take at that point. Like, you can see your mates already recovered back racing and they're fine and you're sitting there still holding your knee, you know. It's terrible. And it's not like it's a quick recovery. It no. It takes so much time. and ACLs aren't exactly short recovery times, are they? So, yeah, it's a bit, bit hard. <laughs> not at all, no. So... You, you got to that one race, it went bad again. Did you go straight back to the doctor and go, hey, it blew apart, you know, what the F sort of thing? Or, or did, you, did you just sit there and go, oh, you know, we'll see what happens over a few weeks and see if it settles down? No, I went to a different doctor because uh, I was living in Florida at the time. Okay. But after my knee surgery, uh, my apartment lease was up and I decided it would be best if I moved back home here in oh. Indiana with my family. Yeah, sure. Help me through my surgery stuff and whatnot and then uh so i went to my new doctor i've uh, i've had him previously in the past and he's 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 solid and i got my x-rays and my mri and he went over it with me and he was like he was surprised he was like that is he told me he was like that's just not a good job it's sloppy work i was like obviously that didn't make me feel very good yeah, yeah. I didn't. rock bottom at that point yeah. a lot of what he <laughs> A lot of what he was saying was right over my head anyways, but I just knew he said it wasn't good. So I was yeah. like, oh no. And um, so this time I didn't fully tear it, but I partially tore it. Okay. And yep. um, so we always went over my options with him. And uh, he said I could, if I let it go, it might fully tear and then that would be a whole full ACL recovery or go ahead, get it repaired, wait four or five months get back on the bike faster um, mm -hmm. as a racer that's what we're always trying to do yeah and sometimes and, to uh, our detriment but anyway yeah keep going <laughs> and he pointed out the screw in the x-ray and we weren't he wasn't 100 percent sure if it was causing pain he said it could have been but he, he just didn't know and then so he decided just to leave it because he did he didn't it would have had to been a two-step process surgery wise mm -hmm. again to yep. get this so we just left it and uh, same exact thing, kind of got back back to rehab, got going. And uh, I actually got super bummed out and decided to stop racing for a while. Yep. Can understand and that in the situation you were dealt at that had point. Hung out with family, hung out with all my old schoolmates, uh, just enjoying life really. And I had a, a lot of fun. Yep. Didn't watch any dirt bike. And didn't watch anything moto related at all besides just what my friends are posting on social media yeah sure and my dad loves the sport almost more than me and he was always nagging at me come on come on let's go let's go racing <laughs> and i was like he's like there's a gas gas at spikes ktm i'm gonna get it for you for christmas to ride for fun and i was like all right you got me hooked all right. <laughs> free dirt bike yes <laughs> so he got the bike and then it was a gas gas. We were actually looking for a KTM, okay. but we couldn't find any. Bigger gas gas was just a red KTM, so we went and close. went ahead and got it. Yeah, close enough. Yep. And, yeah, and so I posted it on Instagram, and shortly after, the guys at SSR reached out to me, 
saying they were starting a new team and they wanted me to be wanted me to be a part of it. And I was like, heck yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So instead of riding for fun, we kind of just went straight back into where we where we <laughs> were when I racing. Yep. And it was it was good. It was actually really good for a while. My knee my knee was pretty strong for the most part, but it just had that nagging ache. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's when we kind of found out it was a screw bothering me. Yep. But I would just kind of push through it and uh, just train, 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 getting ready. We were getting, the plan was to do pro motocross. This season, yeah. So we were just getting ready. Uh, yeah. Mm. And I was doing a lot of local races in between, just trying to get some gate drops um, and having a lot of fun racing again, just kind of remembering why why I race in the first place, just yep. having a good time with everybody. Yep. And there was a race at Lincoln Trail um, right before Colorado. That was the first race that I planned on, planned on doing. Yep. And first lap, or I, my first moto of the week, I pulled the whole shot. Everything was going good. And they had these, this track in particular has these huge tractor tires as their uh, track markers. Mm-hmm. And it just, it caught my bars and like my clutch lever smashed my fingers. So yep. I, my hands slipped off my bar. So I just put my leg out to catch myself. And as soon as I put my leg out, it popped. Uh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Right before outdoors too i was devastated yeah and uh great timing isn't yeah, it you, just, you just start probably feeling like yourself again by the sounds of it and you know getting some regular riding in and it just goes sideways completely again yeah seems like that's how it worked every time <laughs> <laughs> so where did we what happened we we went back to the doctor i gather or did you try and push on with this one so i actually I mean, I've done my knee a couple times already, so deep down I knew. Yeah. But my dad was trying to keep me positive. He was like, "No, you didn't do it," and I was like, "I did it." I was, <laughs> I'm, I was so bad. Like it hurt. Don't get me wrong, but like I started crying because I was just, I knew what I did. Yeah. I was yep. just so disappointed. And then he was like, "All right, let's go home." And I was like, "Nope, it's already done. We're gonna finish it out." I uh, finished racing for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of pushed. Through. It was quite painful, but just decided to try it anyways, and uh, it went it went well for what it was. I mean, and we decided we went to the doctor right after, and he told us everything that happened. He said fully tear, torn ACL. He said mm. I didn't even have an ACL left. That I like destroyed it. Nice. Yep. And so then he looked at the X rays. And then we saw that the screw kind of backed out even a little bit farther than what it originally was. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. So uh, it wasn't in there very good at all? No. That explained what uh, what was hurting it more and more, like why it was aching more this time yeah. than, the, than the past. Definitely. And uh, I asked him, I was like, can I race or not? He goes, well, you're not going to be able to hurt it any more than what you already have. So if you want to race, go for it. And I was like, all right, sweet. <laughs> so Colorado is not very local anyways it's like an 18 hour drive me and my dad I was looking at my dad I was like let's just let's do it and uh 
started packing and off we went about a week and a half later, I believe. Yeah. And got to Colorado, everything. I was pretty nervous. I haven't raced a pro national in quite some time. Yeah. And, uh, but that was one of the good feelings I was talking about earlier. Like good being back at the races, seeing all the familiar faces. Yep. Yep. Um, ended up racing and a couple times like throughout my qualifiers my leg gave out and it really hurt mm-hmm. and i pour off didn't really get to do my qualifier stuff and uh i had to go to the lcq yeah i missed it by like one spot i think one or two spots not bad considering and... the situation you're in but yeah <laughs> and then i was like i wasn't gonna race and then my dad was like, come on, do it, do it. And I was like, all right, fine. He kind of just talked me into it because we were already 18 hours away from home. I was like, at least try, you know? Yep. And uh, started out in like 10th place and passed up to like second or third. And my leg did the same buckle. Yep. And I dropped at fourth, which is the, the final qualifying position. Yep. And at Colorado, I don't know if you remember, but they had this weird roller section up the hill right before the finish line. Oh, and yeah. I missed the jump over the I missed the jump over the top roller and I got past in the last turn for fifth. So I didn't get uh, to, I didn't qualify. Yep, so close. Yep. <laughs> so but then we decided we we're like, well, let's just go ahead and uh we watched the first race and they're like, let's watch one race and then we're gonna head home. And we were watching, and there was a big pileup on the start. And speaking of Benny Bloss earlier, he actually got hurt. Oh, he uh, did get caught in. A, I seem to recall that one. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Yep. So did you actually then get into the, like, as an alternate or something? Yeah, so then I I ran to the, um, the Asterix Medic crew to see if Benny was going to race. I didn't want to get all my gear on and yep. go up there for no reason. It was like, he told me he was hurt. And then the guys at the Asterix Metal Crew, they uh, they helped me out quite a bit. They gave me a shot of something to help my pain, and yep. then they wrapped my knee super tight. And um, I just went out and raced, and it actually didn't even hurt. I was doing pretty good, and then a lot of the privateers that weekend, their fuel boiled over. Yeah. Unfortunately, that happened to me. So it got cut short, but it was still a good time. And well, it's kind of at this point in time, like it's got to prove that you could still do it. Like you, you're on a in the moto for a pro national. Like after all of what you've been through already, like it had to be a good feeling on that side of things to know you could still do it. Yeah, it was super cool. And the main reason I wanted to go back out for the second moto is my dad's never took me to the gate at a pro national level. Okay, and got to he's do always it. wanted to. I was like, I was like, let's do it. I'll, I'll, mainly did that one for my dad because yeah <laughs> don't get me wrong my knee, my knee was hurting so i didn't really want to race but i did it anyways and looking back now i'm glad i did it was it was fun hopefully you got a nice photo or something of the two of you sitting there on the gate you know so that you can put it on the wall later or something like that but yeah that's that's yeah, that's, you, that's a cool you story got some tv time more than i did <laughs> nice yeah cool <laughs> good on him <laughs> so so like uh, that was that was a couple of months back now colorado um so what's been happening what's yeah. what's the plan here you've had more surgery haven't you so that was the last time i rode um we came home went back to the doctor and 
I was honestly contemplating getting it fixed at all. And I didn't really want to go through that whole process again. Yeah. And uh, we got, I ended up deciding to do my surgery and going into my surgery, the plan was to get the screws out and then get my ACL replaced. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, but he told me he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it happen. So I was going into this, like not knowing if I was going to come out walking or on crutches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. He told me one way or the other. <laughs> So, came out of surgery. He was like, "You can walk home." Didn't get to fix your ACL, and I was super bummed out. I was like, "Man, that's tough." Just because I knew I would have to get it fixed again, or yeah. that would be an option. It's another another surgery date in a couple of months, whatever. Yeah. You've got so to, about yeah. after my uh, after my surgery, about six weeks till my next checkup, my knee was actually actually feeling really good. Okay. Yep. Nice. And it wasn't. It wasn't hurting too bad. It felt way different. Um, I didn't even realize it was a screw. Uh, got to the doctor, and he was going over everything with me, and he was showing me x-rays and pictures that he took while he was inside my knee. Yep. And he told me that the screw wasn't even really screwed into my bone. He said the doctor missed completely and kind of screwed into – he screwed into soft tissue is basically what he told me. Yeah, and that's the and for anyone listening, that's the photo you've got up on your Instagram, isn't it, at the moment with the the X ray and, and yeah, the second kinda, picture? Right, correct. It's kind of hard to tell, but that's the I forget what he said. It's a scar tissue that grew around the scar. Yeah, but the my bone is to the right of the screw. Yeah, you can actually like I had a quick look at it. You can tell that it's missed. Like it's pretty pretty clear. So, and the funny part with that too is like <laughs> you think the guy that's drilling that in at the point you know what it feels like when it's going into something firm and, but that's not something firm. So you think you would have known, but we, I've had this conversation with a few writers now on the podcast at times and, and screws have missed or, or just, you know, come back out and you're like, that's like, you know, their basic one oh one sort of thing to put that in and they still haven't got it right. You know, and it's, it's buggered a lot of people up, unfortunately. And you're, you're one of them. Right. And while he was showing me that picture of the screw, he also showed me other pictures of where the doctor tried to screw in, but oh. wasn't able to. So there was just like extra holes on oh, my leg. <laughs> dude, that's no good at all. So he's had multiple goes at you and still stuffed it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's lovely. You probably didn't need to know all that extra stuff at that point. <laughs> it was kind of cool looking at it though, because I was like, man, I'm so, it made me like, feel good that i got it out and finally got it fixed up right way well that side of things yeah and you probably also like well if it if all this has happened and i still was able to to ride like i did you know to get to colorado and that well you must be doing something right you know considering what you've been been working with right it's kind of crazy because i got so used to the pain before i didn't even realize that it was hurting me and then after i got the screws out i was like man Honey feels normal. Like, <laughs> I'm not thinking about it. Hurt like this is awesome. It's back to 2019, and my knee works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, damn, that's crazy looking at it like that. Well, that's time. pretty much how it is from what you just said. From the the way the story is, like it's 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 a fairly decent time frame, and maybe not quite that long, but yeah, like that's where you're at. So yeah, big difference. The worst part about it all is like, as 
racers, like on our off season, the only thing we do is train. We yeah. don't really get to race. That's what we look forward to the most. And like, you literally get to the point where you're almost burnt out before the race. Yeah. And I didn't even get to race three times now or twice now. Yeah. And you've, I was like, you've man, the work and you've just been cut off before it got there. That sucks. Right. So like, what? So don't get me wrong. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so like with all of that, like you, you're now what walking around with no ACL in your knee. Correct. And how does that feel? Does it feel sloppy or does it feel great? Like what's, what's the feeling for you wandering around? It actually feels pretty good. Like, I mean, it hurts a little bit, but it's nothing I'm, I feel like I'm not used to. It's hurt for the last three, two years anyways. So I don't really know. But it definitely feels a lot better than what it has here lately in the in the past. Um, it feels pretty good. I was actually running with my dog today. I went hiking the other day. Um, I've been on it super hard. I hit legs for the first time at the gym today, and it felt pretty good. I mean, it's really weak, like for weight wise stuff, yeah, but yeah. mobility wise and everything else, it's solid. That's that's awesome. And look for. For those listening, like you don't have to have an ACL. It's one of those funny points in the body where, yeah, it's great if you've got it. And if you're going to try and do a sidestep at pace, you know, on a footy field or something like that, you want one. Um, but for, for moto guys, just standing on the pegs, you know, maybe running on a straight line on a treadmill or, you know, out training on, on the side footpath, or whatever, you don't necessarily need it. It doesn't do anything in those scenarios. So you can actually get around without it. And you sound like you're doing all right at the moment. Yeah, it's been pretty nice. Uh, it's definitely good not having pain. Um, I saw my doctor when I saw my doctor at that checkup. He told me it was hundred percent up to me. I told him that I was hiking and stuff, and he told me just leave it, leave the ACL out, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. just, he uh, basically gave me the option. He said, if you want to get it fixed, we can do it. If you want to leave it how it is, that's that's okay too. Um, he said it's all up to me how my knee is just trying to figure out what i want to do now yeah you've got plenty of time too really in this scenario because like as much as um you could do it straight like pretty much sort of three-ish months after that um removal because you need to let the bone sort of heal where they've taken all that stuff out of but once it's once it's gone like the bone's healed you can put it in there at any time because you're just drilling through bone to place the screws so you could do it now, you could do it in six months, you could do it in a couple of years. Like, if the knee's healthy, you know, and, and stable right, and enough, that's where I like, great. That's the only part where I'm struggling to make my decision. I'm like, man, I could go ahead and get it over with, not have to deal with it anymore, whatever, or just let it go. And then maybe down the road, it starts to hurt again. I got to get it fixed. That's where I'm like, Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> The hard part for you, like, and for anybody that doesn't have an ACL, is you still got those, um, like, the meniscal cushions in your knee. That they're the ones that are at risk when you when you don't have the ACL because that's what sort of you end up bone on bone jamming those together and tearing them as well at some point. So as long as it's stable and not sliding around, that's when you're okay. But if it's if you're always feeling it move, then you're risking some you know other damage in there. So you sort of got to work out whether it's stable or not. And by at least by walking around and hiking and jogging, you're starting to figure out if it's going to stay in one spot or not. 
but the big test will be like you said right. like you said at the beginning of this this conversation that first time you tried to ride with with um without when you after you tore it the first time and you hit the jump and it just went straight away that's the that's the test for us on on moto level it's it's whether it can stand up to being on the bike or not <laughs> i was actually training a kid about three days ago i believe yeah and i i got on his bike and was show, i started hitting jumps and stuff i was like oh i need to stop i was having too much fun no gear on no nothing just being silly i was like oh gotta stop yeah back, back that off a bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing right like oh. you probably feel probably feel really good right now like by the sounds of it like you probably feel like you could go and ride it's just a case of whether you're actually strong enough to do what you want to do at the level you want to do it like you can probably just cruise around keep your feet on the pegs but can you hit, you know, can right. you hit a hit a pro national and you know send it every lap? Like, how's it going to go at that point too? You got to work those things out. I think the game plan is just to to be like Tomac and never take my feet off the pegs. I think <laughs> I won't have well, a problem with. <laughs> that's the new style, isn't it? Everybody seems to be keeping their feet on the pegs. And look, from a from a rider point of view, it works. It, the only problem is when you start pushing that front end. Where's your leg go now, normally? Well, straight to the ground. So you have to see how it works <laughs> right. out. Uh, that's the worst part about like hurting my knee these last three times is I ha- I haven't even crashed once on my last three injuries. So it's like nothing I've done out of the ordinary. I feel like every time everybody rides, they dab their leg at least once. So just it's bad luck. Yeah, it, it really is on these ones because, you know, you, you can see lots of different times people have done these and all they do is put their leg out in a corner. And it just just the angle, the force, you know, the speed they're going, pop. You know, that's as quick as it, it happens. And they're like, but I didn't even do anything wrong. Uh, how many times did I do it that lap that I stick my leg out? Well, probably 20, you know, like it's, it's something you do all the time. It's just literally the wrong angle, the wrong force and yeah, away it goes. So it sucks. It's that terrible injury that you don't really want to have because it's probably the longest one too to recover from. Right, right. It's kind of funny too. Like, so I've tore this one three times and the first time it hurt really bad. The second time didn't really hurt at all and then the third time it hurt again it's crazy how different each each time has been yeah the the, the the body just does weird things at that point it's um it's yeah you can't explain that one really it's it's it depends on every a lot of different things but it's probably the second time around you just had scar tissue in there that just ripped and you didn't feel none of it so <laughs> <laughs> right right uh, oh, good. So, so uh, look, I guess is there uh, in the big scheme of things, are you you know going to try and get back on the bike and you know hit a national again next year or something like that? That's the the big aim, I guess. Um, it really depends. It, it if I get my ACL fixed when the time comes, I'll be off the bike for eight months. So mm. I would, I would miss kind of the. I'd be back riding close to the start of outdoor so i wouldn't really have time to prepare and that's definitely one of the things you just can't go straight into no you need need some conditioning uh, yeah right so that's kind of putting off trying to decide that's a part of my decision too like get it fixed don't get it fixed i don't know as of right now it feels really good um so hopefully it stays that way but uh i guess we'll we'll see here in the near future yeah okay all right well look it's yeah we'll have to wait and see and keep keep some updates going with you and see where it all ends up down the track but um 
Yeah, it's been a been a rough trot for you, man. Like three three times for an ACL, never really getting back to 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 racing properly and having some medical issues along the way. It's it's not not been a smooth sailing for you. So yeah, I'm glad you glad at least it feels okay right now. That's the main thing. Yeah, definitely definitely feels better, which I'm thankful for. Could be worse. Um, you hungry? But just trying to stay positive through it all, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. And so is there anyone along the way that you, you want to thank for the support or, you know, any sponsors and stuff that have stuck around and kept giving you some stuff to, to get you out when you have been able to ride? Yeah, uh, I had a lot of help this year, actually, because I didn't have any sponsors coming, in, coming into it because obviously I quit racing and then yep. I had a lot yep. of guys help me out, all, especially the guys at SSR. They uh, started that new team and they're really the main reason I started going back full tilt into the pro pro motocross stuff uh my dad obviously uh malcolm curry he's a local guy to me he uh he loves racing racing and he helps me out so much uh the guys at spikes ktm moto muck uh levi with bonsai suspension motul fly racing uh the guys at tamer whole shot uh dq tuned Everybody at Hoosier Tire, those guys are awesome. Nice. Uh, Guts Racing and then X-Brand Goggles and everybody else. You managed to still Appreciate have a decent amount of people supporting you there, even, like you said, even after throwing it in and, and sort of retiring as such at that point. That's awesome that people are able to still jump on and help you out. So, yeah, nice. thanks for those sponsors for helping out, Ezra. Yes. Awesome. It was a lot. Couldn't have done it without all those guys, but... Oh. Well, hopefully, hopefully, when you get back on on track and decide to do some more racing, they'll all step back in and and you know throw some stuff your way to get you out there and make it easy for you. Yep, I guess uh, that's the game plan right now. Just let my knee heal, and uh, if we can do it, we will. If not, we'll get it fixed, and then hopefully come back swinging next year. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. No, awesome. All right, Ezra, appreciate the time, man, and talking us through what's happened on, on the podcast here. And uh, look, hopefully hopefully it goes well, whichever direction you go, whether you fix it or you don't. And hopefully you can, we can see you back on track, you know, pretty soon, hopefully next year. Awesome. Well, appreciate the talk. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. No worries at all, man. Appreciate it. Hi, this is Dylan Woodcock riding for All South CMH Stunt Flying Privateer Team, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Cheers, mate. And we're back, guys and girls. Thanks for listening for the interview there with Ezra Hastings. Good to catch up with him and see what's been happening for him over the past few years there. Uh, despite the fact he managed to get onto the grid there at Colorado, things have been uh, a bit of a rough trot for him in recent times, as you would have heard just there. So thanks for sticking around and listening to that. Uh, it was awesome to have him on board. Now, we're just about to close out the show here, but just a reminder, don't forget to send us your T-shirt orders um, to our email, alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. Keep in mind, we want you following us on the social media pages or platforms, however you want to say that word. Um, so we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. So jump on there, search Always Moto, and then follow and subscribe. 
Make sure you're also subscribed to this podcast feed so you don't miss our next episode. Uh, And if your podcasting app allows, please leave us a rating. It helps us uh, gain more listeners, which is something we are trying to do so that we can continue to get more support for the show and bring you more content. Don't forget to check out all of our written articles as well. All of this information we try to put together on our uh, written articles that are featured over on fullnoise.com.au. So please check out the website, read our articles and all the other race results and updates from around the world of moto. Uh, You can see them there on fullnoise.com.au. But that's it for another show, guys and girls. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of it. Remember to be smooth, to be fast, because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you right here in the emergency department.